Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1, the radio hour of the Von Hessler Doctrine starts now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I'm surrounded by my doctrinaires. Man of a Thousand Voices, Tim Andrews is here. Good morning. Uh, she has a pregnant mind and an extremely pregnant body. Autumn Fisher is here. Hello. And of course, the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto is with us. Good morning, Eric. We only have an hour, so uh, let's get it started with this. Headlines for Tuesday, January 10th. All right, Jared Yamamoto. Toss it at me. President Obama's farewell speech is tonight, Eric, and it's set to start at 9 oh, p.m. And you goodness. can and you can hear it right here on WSB. And I heard that you were uh, trying to buy some tickets for it on eBay over there. Uh, what, are they, what are they going for on eBay? Uh, right now, I just looked it up a few minutes ago. I saw one for four thousand nine hundred and ninety-five dollars on eBay. So but I no, figured no. you were in market for it. Oh boy, it's definitely worth it. No doubt, no doubt about it. So it's free, but I guess it's filled up. So you want to make sure you get the tickets. So there are the, all the free. Tickets have been taken. Correct. And then the scalper types have gotten theirs, and some people are willing to. First of all, with Obama, what an egomaniac. What an egomaniac. And with people, who would pay for this when it's going to be on radio? It's going to be on television. It's gonna, and what in the world is he going to say, even? A farewell address from. Farewell. Uh, farewell. Uh, so long, farewell, I'll be there saying goodnight. <laughs> That's going to be the whole address. I have to go and leave this pretty sight. Farewell. Wait, I, can I ask a question? Farewell. Yes, ask a question. Yeah, why Why are you saying he's an egomaniac when it's free? He's not He's not asking people to pay. Why is he having a farewell address in front of a live audience that's coming because in? Because he's special. Yeah, that's because he's an egomaniac. <laughs> and he assured us, too, that he wrote that speech. Yeah, well, he probably had something to with do with quill, it. With a quill, probably. I don't remember W. By candlelight. <laughs> you know, these uh, these uh, presidents, usually they'll, they'll designate something as kind of their farewell. W had one in front of, where, West Point or something. That was my dad. Oh, uh, that was your father. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I don't remember W having a big farewell rally speech. Or... I didn't mind a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I missed it. I missed it. So Obama, he said, so what are, we gonna, what are you going to talk about? We get a little uh, peek here? Yeah, a little preview, Eric. Uh, firstly, I'd like to thank Senator John McCain uh, for nominating Sarah Palin as his running mate. That did not hurt. <laughs> it didn't hurt at all. Uh, I'd like to give myself a pat on the back for all of my accomplishments. And what are those? Lots. Yeah? Uh, I made sure that uh, I ended racial disharmony. Things have never been better. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank everybody for the free vacations and rounds of golf. You got a lot of rounds of golf in. I did a lot. You're not going to be able to get as many rounds of golf in in retirement as you got in as President of the United States. I know, because I'll be busy on my farewell tour. (laughs) I'll be opening up for fish all summer long. He's going to have a farewell tour like... Like annoying girls have month long birthdays. Yes, it's my birthday month, not just my birthday. It's it, your farewell month. It's going to be like the Who. In ten years, I'll come back and do another farewell tour. <laughs> is this going to be a laser show? Is it? What, what is? Why would people pay money to see this? It's going to be the best laser show since the Black and Blue tour. Uh, the Black Sabbath Blue Oyster Cult from the 70s after I, Young Jarrett. I saw that. I saw that tour. Great tour. Quite impressive. Boy, the Featuring acid was great. 
featuring John Stamos and the Beach Boys? Uh, yeah, they're they're pretty hip. Yeah, the Beach Boys. Are. So farewell. I I do see this. Like what I think would be hilarious is as as he's leaving the stage, he does kind of a James Brown encore kind of thing. You know, they put the cape over. Oh, they're going to put I'm a cape done. on. I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done. I'm not done. I, 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 look, uh, if, 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 if you Trumpers out there think he's a cool president, remember who created cool. Yeah, you were the first cool president. Yeah. yeah you brought that to us. B-H-O. <laughs> so if you're spending $4,000 for a ticket to see something that's not worth seeing but is free if you want to see it on television and radio, then... My goodness, I wish that I could negotiate with you, because you are easily parted from your money. Next story. Okay, all right. So uh, Ivanka Trump's husband, Jared Kushner, will serve as White House senior advisor in Donald Trump's administration. So that's Ivanka's husband. Correct. And he did a lot during the uh, he did a lot during the uh, the campaign. And they're saying now they're worried about nepotism. The thing about nepotism, let me just th- throw two names at you, okay? Uh, Robert Kennedy and Hillary Clinton. Robert Kennedy, John Kennedy made his brother the Attorney General of the United States into the top law person in the United States. And uh, Bill Clinton made Hillary Clinton like the healthcare czar or something, and she had an office in the West Wing. So, But he's a Republican, Eric. Oh, well, I guess, excuse me? Uh, Melania? Hello, can I have been the cabinet too? <laughs> For what? Why would you be in the cabinet? Oh, it's for bullying. I cannot bully from the East Wing. Wait a minute. Your, your job is to bully? You want more bullying. I'm not understanding this. No, I want to stop the bullying. All right, honey, listen. I'm going to go ahead and create an anti-bullying task force. We're going to put you in the East Wing. You can run it all eight years of oh, administration. Oh, can I stay? New York is where I'd rather stay. <laughs> okay, you can run it from Trump Tower. Don't worry about it, baby. <laughs> so, so that's all I want to say on this. Jared Kushner is, uh, you know, he's uh, Trump respects him, respects his point of view. He wants to be surrounded by people who uh, he knows he can trust. He can certainly trust his his son-in-law, and, you know, the Democrats have no nothing to stand on when they talk about nepotism. I'm sorry. It's been done in the past, and it was done by Democrats both times that come to my mind. I'm sure there are other examples, but those are the two times that come to my mind. I mean, Robert Kennedy, your brother is the Attorney General of the United States, the guy who's going to decide whether or not maybe we start, uh, maybe we look into something the president did, right or wrong, that's going to be your brother. There's never been higher nepotism than that. And I think it turned out that Robert Kennedy Kennedy was probably a pretty good attorney general, but still, the nepotism thing, that doesn't go very far. And there was also a lot of speculation that both Jared and Ivanka would both be part of Trump's administration, which Ivanka also announced yesterday that she will not take part in the administration. So I think that's a good move on the Trump administration to do that. I'm, you know what? I will take this time to announce that I'm not going to be a part of the Trump administration. <laughs> since, when, since when do we get to the point that people have to announce what they're not going to do? This, we're in a hall of mirrors in this country right now when I have to worry. People have to give press conferences to tell me what they're not going to do in the future. So, uh, yeah, the nepotism thing, it's stupid. And move on. If he wants his son-in-law. You know, the, the story that really wasn't told uh, much in the campaign was, you know, how Chris Christie was the first guy that jumped on the Trump train after getting out of the primaries. And a lot of people don't realize this, but when Chris Christie was the attorney general of New Jersey, he put Jared Kushner's dad in jail. He put him in jail 
for some sort of real estate fraud thing. And Jared Kushner always felt that his dad was railroaded. I don't know if he thought his dad was completely innocent, but he thought he was used as a political scalp and never liked Chris Christie. So a few months back when all of a sudden Chris Christie wasn't being uh, thought of in, for this cabinet post or that cabinet post, everyone was running around like, hey, Chris Christie, he helped him. He knocked out Marco in, the, in that one primary, and then he jumped on the Trump train early. What happened? That's the story behind the story. The story behind the story is that when Chris Christie was attorney general of New Jersey, he put Jared Kushner's dad in jail. So how he ever thought that he was going to have a place in the Trump administration, I have no idea. I have no idea. Next story. All right. Students at one of Europe's top universities are calling for philosophers such as Plato, Immanuel Kant, and Bertrand Russell, and they're saying that they need to be dropped from their curriculum because they are white. <laughs> this is... <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of things here. What is... What, uh, let's do the Von Hesser doctrine. This is Maoist cultural revolution stuff, oh. basically. You know, philosophy started in the West. Uh, you can't teach philosophy that came later from other parts of the world without teaching philosophy's foundations. And the foundations are... Plato, this sort of thing. I disagree with Plato on all kinds of things. I, uh, I, I would, if I could dig him up, I'd have an argument with him. I, there's a lot <laughs> of things I disagree with him. But I can't say that he wasn't a foundation of what we call philosophy. And there's far too much of this idea. Yes, maybe in the past, uh, people weren't taught that should have been taught. And maybe some of that was because there was a bias for the people that you've already taught and because you had the same skin color. I'm, I'll give that to you. But the answer is not to throw away the past. The answer is not to act like the past never happened. The answer is to teach the past, warts and all, and then use that as a platform to make the future better. So incorporate, if there are other philosophers that have uh, been big philosophers. I mean, I don't know. They, this, doesn't this come out of, like, the Asian Studies Department of this, uh, yeah, this it's college? Yeah, it's a student union at the School of Oriental and Asian Studies, uh, SOAS, uh, in London. African I'm not, I'm not a... I, no, there's Orient... I think it came out of the Oriental Studies. Oriental and African Studies, uh, Okay, so uh, I never... I'm not a philosopher. I took brief courses here and there in my life. I'm 52 years old. I've always heard of Confucius. I've always heard, uh, there's never been a, a, a deal where people, oh, that guy didn't exist. It's pronounced confusion. It's <laughs> You're so stupid. Melanie, our millennial blogger. But, uh, you know, I, hey, guys, wait, I just want to say that, like, all of these white philosophizers in the past, they're yeah. just white-splaining. So it's just like, why <laughs> should we listen to them? And they don't understand the problems that we, as millennials, are facing today. So just get rid of them and get the new guys. Well, in. they don't know what they're talking about. Things that happened in the past should like not be talked about let's just like forget it and move forward you know i wonder i've been wondering lately a lot about this uh with all of this nonsense that goes on on campus on all these campuses the safe spaces we always hear these stories but i wonder how many actual college students go to a safe space my guess is it's less than a hundred ever I eat lunch there every day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to do a new segment called Fake News when we return. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. This is the Von Hessler Doctrine. 
And it is now time for us to do our fake news segment, which I think we, I want to do every day if we can find a story for it. Fake news. All right, Jared, what's in the fake news file? Oh, here's a fun one to start it off here. There's a uh, fake news story out there suggesting that Caitlyn Jenner will pose nude, and it originated from Rob Shutter of NaughtyGossip.com. Naughty Gossip? That's Ooh, right, NaughtyGossip.com. Naughty. <laughs> uh, so there's a story out there. It's not true. Caitlyn Jenner is not going to... Correct. Why not? Don't we all want to see that? Can I tell you something about Caitlyn Jenner? <laughs> I, I, will, I will tell you this, and you can send your cards and letters, as always, to uh, 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 Care of Pete Spriggs, WSB Radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Caitlyn Jenner can be as womanly as womanly can be, but there's one thing that Kate Jenner can never shake. And I, if you start the world, if you come into this world as a man, you'll never be able to shake this. And the best way I can say this on a family-oriented radio station is, old man behind. If you've ever been in a gym mm. with old men, they've all got the old man behind. Yeah. And underneath that dress, Caitlyn Jenner, no. I'm guessing there's a saggy oh. old saggy, man behind. Saggy pancake. Look, it's an old lady behind. Come on. look. No, you know, it's no. not a true story, but you know, what, what if it were? It would be great. You know, I could show off those curves. I got some gams. Classy dame here. Uh, you know, I worked hard for this body, and I think it's time to let everybody see the beauty of my body diversity. I like the fact that this is actually fake news. I have to be honest with you. Oh, I'm don't be a hater, Eric. I'm You're beyond that. I'm not drinking the hater aid. I'm, I, look, live and let, you know me. You know me. I do. Caitlyn Jenner. Right. I am a libertarian. I'm live and let live, but I know what's uh, behind, and I shouldn't say behind, what's underneath that dress. Uh. And it's Ooh, uh, it's you? it's not firm. Yes, yes, I've been to gyms. <laughs> they I have know. pills for that. <laughs> oh, look, I would love to do it. So if you want to put it together, I'll do it for you, Eric. And you can see the beauty of my diverse body. Maybe one of those personal shows, right? <laughs> you have a diverse body. You guys could play a round of golf. That's right. That's sure. Yeah. So wait, Eric, you didn't like uh, her Sports Illustrated cover that she did last year? What, that, I mean, that, wasn't, was, that was a start in the right direction. It's just a, a, that wasn't step. totally nude, was it? That wasn't totally nude. Uh, was I was a, covered to the American flag, Eric. I'm yes. a patriot. I know you are, and I know you're a conservative. Absolutely. You know what I thought was hilarious? You, I think the first person that you told that you were going to transition from male to female was Diane Sawyer right. on ABC. Diane uh, Sawyer. Right. And if you go back to that interview, th for me, the funniest part of that interview was that when you told Diane Sawyer that you were going to make the transition from male to female, she didn't bat an eye. No. But when you told her that you were a Republican... She couldn't breathe for about 30 seconds. We had she to cut the whole thing for <laughs> half an hour while she caught her breath. <laughs> How would it be possible that Diane Sawyer couldn't even digest the idea that you might actually be for conservative policies? She's a, she's a lovely lady, Diane, and you're a great man. You're a lovely lady yourself. I just don't want to see you. All right, there was a big national championship game last night. My buddy Jay Busby from Yahoo Sports will join us to uh, wrap it all up. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. Clemson is declared kings of college football and national champ. Well, finally, after uh, four horrible 
playoff NFL wildcard games and a couple of awful college championship playoff games, we finally got a real football game last night, a great game to watch. And so we're joined by my buddy from Yahoo Sports, Jay Busby. Jay, how are you? I'm impressed you got that. That game only ended about uh, 15 minutes ago, so I'm uh, impressed you got that audio that fast. Well, you know, I we I have a staff of thousands, Jay, <laughs> and they do nothing. You know, I, I don't know if you saw Mariah Carey on New Year's Eve, but I, I am did. I am pampered much as Mariah Carey is <laughs> around here, and I walk around on a cloud, and people serve me, so I was served that. So, uh, do you feel the same way I do? Like I didn't care who won. I got to be honest with you, the Bulldogs weren't in it, so I didn't care who won but it was nice to finally see some good postseason football oh absolutely yeah you were you, you nailed it down right after six terrible games six awful games at the in the, in the most heated and the best time for football of the year we get this garbage so yeah, all of a sudden and it was a long long way to get there for alabama and clemson there were that was four hours of uh, of lots of punting yeah but that lasts about 15 minutes or so when they're scoring back and forth that made it all worthwhile yeah, and a game that comes down to being one with one second left if you're somebody who doesn't care who wins that's a great football game uh so and although let's look at the game uh, a little bit uh i think that uh was it bo scarborough when he right. went when he went down, that had a lot to do with with the eventuality of that game. Look, you can't prove a negative. I don't know what would have happened if he'd stayed in the game, but my guess is if they don't lose that guy, Alabama has a much better chance of winning that game. It's such a strange year for Alabama because that guy was a backup for most of the year, and it, as it turned out, uh, he broke his leg. The reports are just now coming out that he broke a bone in his leg in that in that game. So, you know, obviously he was going to be out, but he'd been out for most of the year as a backup. Alabama was so good that they were able to mask a lot of their uh, dysfunction, their offensive dysfunction, and it finally came back to bite them against a team that had a good defense and that had an equally competent offense. So Alabama is just generally so good that even its mistakes turn out to its advantage, but not this time around. Now, uh, did the you, do you agree with me that the Heisman people missed it this time around? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you got you got to wait until. It, it, yeah, I, I understand. You know, it gives the best guys a few more reps, but uh, Deshaun Watson that's that's one of the that's one of the careers for the ages. That's one of the seasons for the ages, right there. To win it the way that he did, like you yeah. just said. That's the kind of thing that deserves a Heisman at the end of it. Maybe not as flashy as Lamar Jackson, but I, you know, I, I think that there's a little more substance to what Deshaun's been doing in his college career. And I know it's not supposed to be decided by this. I feel like he's got a better shot of rolling into the NFL. He declared himself last sure. night, right? So, uh, and yeah, I think he's, he's set up well, and he's, he's a little bigger than uh, Lamar, so he should be able to to play a little bit. You know, maybe maybe he'll be a backup. Maybe he'll be switched over to wide receiver. But he's got the kind of talent that should leave him there. Yeah, so uh, oh, well, I didn't realize that. You don't think he's going to make it as a quarterback? That's what I'm reading here. I'm reading through the lines. You don't think he's going to make it as a quarterback in the NFL? It's such a it's such a tough, tough position for anybody to make it in. And, and you know the way that the way that his game plays, what works in college doesn't always work very well in the pros in terms of speed. The the ability to outrun a defense, you can do that in college. You can't do that in the pros. And so if you if the primary component of your game is speed and rapid decision making. You know, it's only a matter of time before the defenses catch up with you. That's not to say that he can't adjust, mm. but the way that his game is set up right now, he may need to make an adjustment. Well, thankfully, we got something entertaining out of college football besides listening to the demise of Brent Musburger's broadcasting <laughs> career. 
Because up to this point in this uh, college uh, the postseason, that was the most exciting. And I, I'm not getting into the whole. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to actually use that to roll into this guy Joe Mixon, which I don't know how many people are are listening know who this guy is. Running back Oklahoma. This is the guy who because uh, I want to. Uh, we talked about the championship game. I've got you here. You know sports. I want to talk a little bit of sports with you. So this guy Joe Mixon, he's going to go into the NFL draft. And if you don't know who this guy is, just look him up on YouTube, and you can see him breaking a girl's face in four pieces by punching her in the face, and. Is he good? You know, here's the thing about sports. If the guy can win games for us, we can figure out a way to look past something like that. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, you can bet that there will be a redemption narrative, and he's learned from his mistakes, and he really regrets it all, but he's just trying to look forward, and he really appreciates the opportunity that he's been given. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a team. He won't go in the first round. He might not go in the second, third, or fourth, but there's going to be a team that picks him up uh, – you know, in the, from the bargain bin there later on in the draft, and, and takes a chance on him, and and yeah, that will be the the dominating narrative coming out of it. Sports fans are such hypocrites. I mean, just it really is the standards. If you could say there are standards, uh, the thing with Ray Rice a few years ago in the NFL, where he knocked out his future wife, and that was caught on on video. And uh, and I believe those two they would they've been partying that night, so uh, they probably he knocked her out. This girl wasn't knocked out; her face was broken in four places. But the point is, Ray Rice's career was pretty much over, so it was easy for the NFL to jump in and say, "Oh, we're not going to put up with this anymore. We're not going to have him on our team." But let me tell you something: if that had happened the second year that Ray Rice was in the in, in the NFL, there have been plenty of teams who would have found a way for, as you said, a redemption narrative. There are two guys that are going to be stars this coming weekend, Ezekiel Elliott and Tyreek Hill from the Cowboys and the Chiefs, respectively, who have domestic violence incidents in their past, in their recent past. And both of these guys have won, and they have done big things on the big stage, and so that's exactly what happened. So what we can say from the, point of, view, from the point of view of your basic average uh, sports fan, if you can help my team win games... It's okay for you to uh, uh, be a domestic abuser, but if you can't, then morality begins to matter. Isn't that really the relationship here? Yeah, or if you're playing for my rival, or if you're playing for the team that I'm playing against, then you're a horrible person and deserve crucifixion. Then, yeah, then morality matters, but not if you're helping my team win. I, I, really exactly. feel, I really feel like sports fans need to grow up. You know what? You want Von Hessler doctrine here? <laughs> I would rather my team not win than be helped to win the big championship game by someone who is not a moral person, someone who uh, beats women up and does things like this. I would rather. Isn't that strange for me? Uh, when I buy a ticket, I would rather the GM and the coach not bring in the guy who cannot figure out a way. I'm 52 years old. I've never punched a woman in my life. i got to tell you, it's been easy. It's not difficult to live your life in such a way that you don't break a girl's face in four pieces before you're 23 years old. I mean, it's not hard to not do that. And therefore, when I buy a ticket... And I go see my team, and I want my team to win, and I'm just as miserable as everybody else when my team doesn't win. But I would rather be miserable. I would rather my team lose than we win the big game on the back of somebody who can't live 23, 24, 25 years on this earth without punching a woman in the face. 
You are a noble, noble principal <laughs> fan, sir. Let me, hey, let me throw you something from the other end of the spectrum, though. Yes. What about a guy who has done his time, literally? What about a guy who has paid his debt to society? What about a guy like Michael Vick who came back with the Falcons to get uh, a little bit of adulation in the Georgia Dome later uh, at the end of the, of the season? He got a lot of cheers from the fans just a couple weeks ago. But uh, I heard from a lot of people who were not pleased about that. Where is, what's your take on a guy who has done the punishment that society leveled out on him? What you said has done his time is a major factor. Also, after, and believe me, I, I come from a nice white trash background. I've got plenty of relatives who have been in and out of prison. So it's not just doing the time, and I'll step in here for Michael Vick. It's... He did his time, and my assessment, and I did not like Michael Vick when he was with the Falcons, before all of that broke. I could see that he was trouble before all that broke. But after he did his time, and then you evaluate, did he learn the lesson? Now, I can't get inside of Mike Vick's head, but watching him, I felt like he came out of prison a different man that went into prison, a more mature person, and I don't have any doubt that he's never going to do what he did that landed him in jail. That's not an excuse, but the little part that you threw in there, and by the way, not only did he do his time, he did a couple of his best potential years and lost a lot of money and paid for what he did. So it's, it's, it's two things. You've got to do your time, and then you've got to pass the Von Hessler eyeball test. Are you a better person when you come out? I feel like Mike Vick came out of prison a different person and a better person. And so if I was in a fan base in Philadelphia, I would have been fine bringing Mike Vick in. But as we saw, those couple of years took away a couple of his greatest potential years because he was pretty much a has-been by the time he had a few good weeks, but he was pretty much a has-been by the time he came back. So that's it. It's not black and white. It's not always perfect, but uh, this uh, Joe Mixon has not done his time. He's, you know, I don't. He's still walking around. I don't know how it is. How does this happen? If I punched a girl in the face and broke her face, I wouldn't go to jail. How does this happen that you don't go to jail? What happened there? I do not know the specifics, but I would lay out a few uh, examples for you. College star, college town, yeah. college police. I am not, I'm, I don't know all the specifics, but that has certainly been the case in a number of other small towns where universities are and where the local uh, celebrities yeah. get into trouble. Yeah, well, sports is fun, and I love rooting for my favorite teams. But what people have to understand is it's not worth the victory on the backs of somebody who cannot figure out how to live their life in such a way that they don't beat up women. I mean, this is, I, I, as a fan, it's the fans who have to stand up here because they, fans will do anything to win. Anything. But I don't have a whole lot of time here, and uh, people are probably thinking, this is a lot of sports talk for WSB. Well, you know, this is the way that it is. It's a new show, and uh, every once in a while we're going to talk sports. And I'm a NASCAR fan. Is this a true story about uh, Carl Edwards retiring? Yeah, it is. It just broke in the last hour or so. For people that are not NASCAR fans, this would be the equivalent of someone like maybe Cam Newton retiring, a guy who's very well-known, has come almost up to winning a championship and didn't quite do it. And Carl Edwards has just in the last couple of hours announced that he is stepping away from NASCAR in 2017. This is what I'm wondering. Is he just wanting to get out of his contract with Joe Gibbs Racing, or is he done forever? 
Has he said it? We any? don't know yet. Okay. He, he hasn't spoken. He's speaking tomorrow. This is all. This has all happened in the last hour or so. You know what happens is these guys get so rich by the time they're in their early thirties, they start weighing like uh, you know concussions, potential death, or or I could live the rest of my life peacefully and wonderfully. And they step away. Jay Busby, Yahoo Sports. What's your Twitter handle? J a y b u s b e e. And when do, when does your great Earnhardt book come out in paperback? Uh, Valentine's Day. It'll be out then. Great book. Thanks, Jay Busby, Yahoo Sports. We're going to wrap this all up when we return. Welcome back to the last segment of the Von Hessler Doctrine. I'm Eric Von Hessler. I'm surrounded by my doctrinaires. Just a little bit of time here, Jared. So throw one more story at me. Let's see what we can do with it. Yeah, this is a good story here. So uh, A good story. You've judged this as a good story. The law in your community and surviving uh, the stop are workshops popping up around the country where black parents are teaching their kids how to deal with the police. Oh, my gosh. This is such so moronic. Okay, I don't have a lot of time here. So let's go to rule number seven of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Everybody listen up. Live your life in such a way that you and the cops rarely come in contact with one another. All right? That rule applies to all races. Going to submit it to the, to the workshop here? Yes. Yeah, well, no, because they wouldn't accept it. <laughs> they wouldn't accept it. You know, there's this false narrative out there that white people are allowed to resist a little bit. <laughs> That's not true. No one's allowed to resist. This is the way that it works. When, uh, when the thing is going down and, and there's commotion, uh, who knows who's in charge? When the cops show up, the cops are in charge. You're done being in charge. Now, when you get to court, now you got a lawyer, you lawyer up, you do your thing. When the cops show up, the cops are in charge. Now, if you do everything right in that situation, and the cops still get physical with you, then you've got a case. Live your life in such a way that you and the cops have contact very rarely. Rule number seven of the Von Hessler Doctrine. That music tells me show number two is about in the can. Hey, uh, Clark Howard Scam Alert is followed by the WSB Expanded Noon News. We are going to go to the podcast side. We do a Facebook Live. The second hour is on Facebook Live on the Von Hessler Doctrine Facebook page. Is that right, Jared? That's right. So you can watch us do it, and then later the whole thing is put up about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the radio hour and the podcast hour, and you can get that at WSB Radio app. So download that WSB Radio app. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Not live from Sherwood Forest. Hour two, the podcast hour of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler, surrounded by these lovely doctrinaires. Tim Andrews is still with us. Hi. Autumn Fisher is still with us. Hello. Jared Yamamoto is still with us. What's up? But English Nick has joined us. Good day. Here on the podcast hour. And we have a lot of stories. Hello to Jesse up there in the clouds. Isn't that Greg uh, Russ? (laughs) 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 Yeah, this is funny. Uh, uh, Rodney Ho did a story that I haven't read yet because I guess it just got posted. Very nice story. About yesterday's show, our first show on weekday radio at WSB. And... Greg Russ always gets angry because Rodney Ho never mentions him. <laughs> and so our friend Jesse, who you can't see because he's behind the Facebook Live iPad, that's our camera for now, the, uh, the iPad, uh, he, he was, I guess you were in the shot that was in the camera, that he, a picture that Rodney Ho took, 
and he identified Jesse was identified as Greg Russ. So uh, it's all right, Jared. It's all right, Jared. <laughs> Jared wants him to yell down into the uh, isn't, into the microphone. Isn't Greg Russ his middle initial J? Or is it J. Gregory Russ? No, it's Greg, it's Greg J. Russ. So in, I in essence, this is J. Russ. In a way. In a way, yeah. yes. So nothing is going to anger Greg Russ more than... <laughs> finally gets a mention. Finally gets line. mentioned. Thank you very much, Jesse. Uh, I don't uh, care. I really don't care. It's not my... I don't even, I don't even read my new So I haven't read it yet. And we have plenty of stories to go through that we weren't able to get to in the first hour the radio hour, but I just learned something about Tim Andrews on the way in here that I did not know before, <laughs> and I have to, what? I have to explore this. So Autumn, mm. uh, people may not know that there's a little bit of a Fleetwood Mac thing going on behind the scenes here. Mm. Autumn and Tim used to be an item years ago, and they lived together. And I'm Mick Fleetwood. Yes, they did all the things. Oh, I thought. Uh, hang on, I thought you were Lindsay Buckingham and Tim was Stevie mm. Nicks. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Her Ooh, Mick okay. Fleetwood thing makes no sense because no. he was the one person who was not involved in anything. Right. Oh, I just wanted to be. I'm Marilyn McKee, or whatever her name is. Christy McVie. Christy McVie, yeah. Do I have to explain this? In Fleetwood Mac, there were five people. Yeah. Four, uh, the, there were two couples <laughs> and Mick Fleetwood. Right. Uh, the two couples eventually broke up, but they all stayed in the same band together afterward. Right. I thought Mick Fleetwood and the piano player were together. No, John McVie and Christy McVie. My bad. That's why they had the same last name. <laughs> I didn't pay attention to their names. Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham hooked up. Hooked up. And they, well, they were together before. Right. And, edit uh, this out. They, edit it they, out. All, I'm not editing anything out. All of it ended up being, they all ended up breaking up, but they stayed together as a band. So that's the reference. So uh, Tim, and before, as we were setting up here, Autumn mentioned that uh, Tim has a fear of buttons. <laughs> right. And it's not just like... Uh, you know, Nick was saying, oh, so maybe Eric's button-up shirt is a little bit scary to you. And it's it's not that buttons in general, it's just a collection of buttons. Right. So if the buttons like are on... Like if you put your hand in a jar of buttons in the way that that might feel, right? Oh. Like that's a problem. Oh. Look, it's his face. So uh, buttons on your shirt are fine because... The buttons are in their proper place. And they're useful. They're, there are dresses that women used to wear dresses <laughs> with buttons on the front of them that serve no purpose but to just be there. They were decorative. Yeah, but there's Now no... it's like teachers might wear that. <laughs> yeah, like a teacher wore. It was a late 80s, early 90s thing, and it really bothered me. And, and, and I couldn't even look at somebody if they were wearing that. Okay. Because... So if they're utilitarian, if the buttons serve a need, right. you're fine. Right. <laughs> but you don't like decorative buttons. And then what's worse than that is if somebody had, I don't know that somebody would have a collection of buttons, but maybe people just do. Just so. They have jars of buttons next to their beds or in their living room. <laughs> just a jar. Eric, you've never noticed because they don't bother you. No, why would they? This is the <laughs> weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, they just skeeve me out, man. You know, it's good to have spare buttons around from time to That's time. It. If you lose someone on, yeah. yeah. What, about, what about the little buttons that are at the bottom, that are on the I'm inside? Wearing, I'm wearing fly jeans right now. <laughs> okay. But what, what but about they're the more ones, like rivets, aren't they? You know those extra buttons that you get uh, at the yeah. bottom of the shirt? in case you need to sew a new button in. Yeah, what about you, those? You tear it off, throw it in a drawer. Okay. Not, you don't leave it out. This is my button that I might need. This is my button collection. Put your hand in the jar of buttons. But, oh. I got buttons. Pop. Buttons, Andrews. That's his new name. <laughs> I'm glad I wore the popper button shirt. The poppers today. See, yeah, those are snaps. Yeah, yeah snaps, poppers. Clasps. Yeah. So you will wear, so it's it's all about utility. <clears throat> right. Because uh, like today, I have, I, You're funny. wearing a button down. I'm wearing a button down, but I'm also uh, I'm wearing jeans. That I realize I must have owned these jeans 
when I lived in Los Angeles. I mean, these jeans must be from the 90s. They're so faded and have been with me so long. And so ba- they have actually the zip, um, they're zip-ups. They're, uh, Zip-em-ups? Zip-em-ups. <laughs> uh, I have jeans with zippers and with buttons. Yeah, they're zippers, but mostly I like the buttons now. Now, here's the reason why, and I want to know what people think about this. Uh, when you have to go to the bathroom as a man, Autumn, you're out of this because it doesn't count. Hey, but, I use the bathroom like a man. Sometimes. No, sometimes. But and <laughs> I, when I'm going to the bathroom, it's kind of a pain. I don't like the idea of having to unbutton my pants all the way down every mm-hmm. time. I just have to go number one. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the great thing about the buttons is that you don't ever, you're never seen with your fly down. Your fly cannot go down. Right. And so I opt for that side of this. I believe this was, uh, there was an episode of Seinfeld where they went through this whole thing. The button fly? Well, something like yeah. that. But I opt in the end, I think I would rather have the buttons. And I, I, it sounds to me, it's strange to me that maybe you are, are just the same as me, but I have no fear of buttons. Like in any situation, a button has never <laughs> skeeved me out. And I find it, there's got to be something, now you've, you've, got, you've got done more therapy, you've done a lot of therapy. We've never you? addressed the button thing. You've never, but you know, it might be key to something. It's I, no, so, I don't want to unlock that door. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so unusual that actually, it might actually, <laughs> in, in terms of therapy, it might actually open a, 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 a difficult door. It but might unbutton the key to my may, neurosis. Yes, exactly. This may have something to do with... I've never met anyone who I just, had but it's a, a fear jar. of buttons. You see like a fish bowl in somebody's living room. <laughs> yeah. Some old lady or young lady has yeah. filled it with these buttons that are absolutely pointless and useless. Now, let me the ask big you, buttons, the little buttons. The what about a jar full of colorful marbles? I like that. Ooh. Do you like that? I could handle that. They're glass. Yeah. You They're handy, take, handy if you, you want to vote, a, if you want to vote in the gambit. <laughs> right. Right. Handy, yeah. If you have a gambit. You have more than one vote. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of my hometown. <laughs> oh, you're voting here? later. <laughs> uh, Autumn, uh, before we get off this and go to the regular uh, scheduled show, uh, when you were in relations with Tim Andrews and living with him, do you remember the first time you found this out? And did, like, how did you know? But do you, you must have thought this man's a lunatic. No, I did, of course not. I'm like, I'm all about it. You know, and I, I think that at the time I had an issue with wet paper towels yeah. Oh, really? So you yeah, had like, your, ooh, I couldn't you, touch wet paper towels. You, you so brought, I probably brought that up, and then we made out. You brought <laughs> you, you brought your own baggage to the relationship. Now, what is this about wet? Now you say at the time, yeah, you, you so, had a problem. You've gotten over this fear or phobia or whatever it was. I got over it because then I started waitressing at some point, and you're just going to touch wet paper, and that's just the way it is. You know, you're going to have to wipe it down about, the table with something. What wet. was it about wet paper that drove you so crazy? I don't know just like ugh, the way it felt on your nail like if your nail yeah. rubbed on it weirdly it was this it's the same kind of feeling that tim is talking about it's just like ugh, yeah i don't want to you know what i'm weird wet about? metal with what wet Ooh. metal really mm-hmm. one of my favorite bands out of athens <laughs> i believe i use a when i open my car door when it's raining i put my hand in my sleeve oh really i yes. do that when i'm leaving any any rest any any bathroom <laughs> any bathroom right. Uh, With your buttons undone? Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> buttons, you know, buttons uh, go-go. As far I as can I'm understand concerned. a fear of zippers because many a man has caught yeah. his you-know-what oh, yeah. in the zipper. Oh. You don't, yeah. you has that really happened? Oh, yeah. yeah, it has. No, usually when you're a kid, when you're just a learning, kid, yeah. you're learning how to maneuver everything. Mm. The, um, it might be because I'm, you know, I come from uh, Amish stock yeah. in my way, way back. 
Do you know? Okay, let's, uh, let's explore this. They so, don't wear buttons. They don't use buttons. They, oh, really? No. Uh, buttons are too technological for them. They're too proud. No, I thought it was zippers they don't mm, use. They don't use zippers either, but they don't use buttons. What they do they, they use? use? They just put just Clasps. Just, they have oh. a, I mean, I guess you could technically say it's a button, but they use hoops. Uh-huh. You know, the, the hoops, and then right. they go around the little piece of wood. And they make great blackberry pie. You ever, oh, uh, they do. Oh, you go up oh. there in the, the Amish country. They sure do. They may not like buttons, but they know how to make pie. And they You'll think? We, make good we, meth as well. We have an Amish market nearby that's uh, like all the Amish people come in a van for the weekend and they work <laughs> their children there for. Like, go and sell the English some of your delicious pie. Why Shoe fly they, pie. Why it's are they allowed weird. to ride in a van if they can't have. They're not driving it. Modern ex- oh, somebody yeah, else it might can drive. Be, it might be like. Um, a Mennonite. Yeah, like a Jewish person asks a, a guy yeah. to turn the light on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were. I just, uh, I, I'm astonished by this whole button thing. But I guess that's about. I've taken it about as far as we can. What skeeves you out? You know what? There is. Uh, I read a book. Why am I getting a feedback? Is something on that shouldn't be on? Uh, I read a book years ago when I was a kid, and there's a description of the the, the family sitting at the table, and there's a description of one person eating and they they put ham in their mouth and then they drink milk and they chew the ham while the milk is in their mouth and that skeeved me out when i was reading it in the 70s and it's just like an idea Hmm. in my head that kind of i find skeevy uh so yeah ham and milk together in your mouth i have no problem with chewing the ham swallowing it then drinking the milk but swashing it all around together I find kind of disgusting. And also, I don't know why I think of this in my head, but the idea of biting down on tinfoil. Oh, that's cute. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. That's but that, just, that gives you a visceral reaction. Yeah, but why would I think of it? I never did it. You've never it, done it? Why would I bite down on tinfoil? Because you, you don't know at some in. point. Gotta, oh, I guess I'll get a sandwich for lunch and you kind of peel it back. <laughs> Oh, and if you have a filling, ooh, even worse. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, the worst what would be. That? Well, the worst would be uh, you have the tin foil, you fill it back, you have a ham sandwich, pour the milk in your mouth, <laughs> bite down on the tin foil, and you know my day I'm is just sure done. Well, you're that, shot. that conducts electricity. I think you can do it. Yeah. While you're sitting in a uh, small children's pool filled with buttons. My <laughs> and wet paper towels. Buttons, to me, buttons just seem like, even a wet paper towel is just like okay, that's kind of gross. Maybe there could be germs on it. See, but that's not buttons. it. It's just that they're wet, and that if you if if your nail touched it, that's the thing. Like my I got that. That's a little bit like my tin foil teeth thing. Yeah. And I do have now tin foil teeth. <laughs> so there are stories that uh, we did not get to in the uh, first hour. And so, Jared Yamamoto, you want to toss a story at me that maybe I'll get interested in, or maybe I won't. Yeah, I'm, I, at first, I got to. Is admit, it about buttons? No, these people on Facebook Live here, Eric, are are trying to offer Tim advice, and in okay. fact, um, somebody is suggesting to mail them to the station to you. So they, I gave them the address, so that way they, they know how to mail them. to Mail you. all your buttons. Mail all your buttons to Tim Andrews <laughs> on. You know, here. it's like Ringo and the Beatles. They're, they always sent him jelly beans. So this is going to send Please all... love, I'm not taking any more buttons after 2017. If it comes in the mail, it's getting tossed. <laughs> You're going to open that button envelope like it's got anthrax in oh, it Oh, don't send me your buttons. I can't sign them. I'm too busy. You know, I'm of two minds on this because <laughs> I'm kind of the captain of this ship and I need you, Tim Andrews, every day to be in your best state of mind so uh-huh. you can do your best work. But then there's another part of me that wants to just get a huge button collection and put it in the office. <laughs> 
just a large. I just won't look at it. See-through cylinder, a tower of buttons. <laughs> You're going to find Tim in the fetal position in the corner every I morning. I just won't look at it. You, you know, you know what Bortz used to have in his old office, right? Uh, what? Well, no, I don't. He used to take. This is disgusting, right here. He used to take his old fingernail clippings. Oh. And he had a jar full of his fingernail clippings, and he gave them to both Belinda and Christina Gonzalez when they were his producers for Christmas one year. Yeah, so so the jar. So literally, if you look in the back now, it's in the office that was that's right. Are they still there? Yeah, you could find the jar. Set it on fire. uh, Go over there right now and set it on fire. Oh my god! Now the thing about the thing about uh, well, I guess if they're dirty, I guess they get dirt underneath them. But nails are basically, you know, not that disgusting. But still compared to buttons, though, I mean, that's pretty disgusting. It is, kind of like, it is weird how, like, on your fingers, they're not disgusting. But then once they're taken off of your body, I'm so grossed out. Well, like if you find like, one in your in your carpet accidentally. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, it's like Tim with his buttons. As long as they're serving a purpose, they're fine. He just doesn't <laughs> like to find them in the wild. <laughs> freak him out. Oh, wild button. <laughs> I don't know. That, so I, I, I'm going to use it as a disciplinary tactic. <laughs> Throw buttons at him when you want him to stop yes. talking. <laughs> Anytime you see me, I'm just going to have a jar of buttons. And when you're doing something on the radio show I don't like, I'm just going to pull them up over the console and show uh, it to you. It's a little bit of a threat that says, stop doing whatever it is that's annoying me. Anything else from our Facebook people or no? Yeah, so they were also discussing belts for some reason. I'm trying to figure out how belts became kind of this uh, conversation. Buckles are scarce, I don't but mind what buckles. about buckles? Buckles uh, are great. Yeah, says, you're a true pilgrim. You're like the Amish. You don't yar. mind buckles at all. Yar. Justin Cox says buckles made America great during the pilgrimage. That's, That's right. right. Yeah, so. They had buckles everywhere. They had them on their hats. They had them on their shoes. They Let had me unbuckle <laughs> my shirt for the sex. <laughs> <laughs> for that great missionary position. <laughs> And right. by the that's when sex, good sex for a man was like when he knew that she, like the idea that she would enjoy it would ruin it for them, right? I mean, mission was sex was all about procreation. Don't move, Mary. You'll throw me off. <laughs> Is that all from our Facebook friends? Oh, they have a name for the uh, for you eat, uh, eating milk or drinking milk and eating ham. So just milk them. Milk them. There you go. So that's, uh, so it has a name for it, proper mm. name. That's from our friend Bree Har on here. So. Very good. All right. Now, you want to give me some stories? Yeah. You've avoided me long enough, Yamamoto. All right. I have danced around it. So British scientists reported earlier this week that an, an enormous rift in one of Antarctica's largest ice shelves grew dramatically over the past month, and it's nearly the size of Delaware. They're saying it's going to break off. And then we're all going to die. Pretty much. Basically, yes. we're all going to die. The British know, man. Yeah, they would know. <laughs> 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 is that why John Kerry went down there, and the Pope, and the bishop from uh, Russia, the Orthodox Church? All these luminaries have been going down there. Well, Antarctica. Antarctica is very popular now, right? Didn't uh, uh, Buzz Aldrin, they had to helicopter him out of there. He yeah. went there and became the oldest man ever be in Antarctica. I think you know what's just interesting because that's a weird kind of goal to have. Like it's a weird thing to have on your resume. He's the oldest person. You know, it's different to say he's one of what eleven or thirteen people to ever walk on the moon. Right. That's one thing. Uh, but to say that you know on your resume the oldest man to ever be in Antarctica. At a certain point, if you live long enough, you're the oldest man who's anywhere. <laughs> so it's not really. <laughs> There's some people who <laughs> yeah, say no, Antarctica. Antarctica is um, Atlantis. Yeah, there are some people who say that. Fill that, me in on um, what these morons have. Well, to say. there there's an old map that was discovered or maybe made by Turks. Yeah, um, and it shows 
What is the story of Atlantis? I don't even know. I remember the man from Atlantis. I was going to say, there was a man from Atlantis. There was. Four maids or something? Yeah, before he was on Dallas or whatever he was on. Patrick Duffy. The man from Atlantis, and he would swim like a porpoise. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fantastic show. Only lasted about seven minutes. Well, Dallas came along. I think Um, they pulled it before the end of the pilot, I think, the man from Atlantis. But I enjoyed it. It was a good show. Um, He's no manimal. Green eyes. Uh, Atlantis is a mythical... Um, island, nation, continent that supposedly was just overrun by water and sunk. sunk. But um, you know, the, the, the who co- first speaks of this Atlantis? I believe the Greeks. Okay, and but there are other um, uh, esoteric uh, theories about it. Isn't there a resort getaway called Atlantis? There is. Did they find it? Oddly, that is um, that is in uh, the uh, <laughs> Middle Atlantic. Okay. <laughs> um, believe- <laughs> So the water slide goes from inside the hotel to outside the oh, hotel. Oh man, that is awesome! I love going to those resorts down there in the Caribbean where the people who wait on you have no rights. <laughs> oh, it's just fantastic! Everybody gets a gun. You have to dodge bullets getting from the airport to the resort. Once you get to the resort, you're fine. Yep. Hey man, we're so relaxed here. We no worries, man. Weapons. Go out on the catamaran. You ever go to Jamaica and then if you're in one of these resorts and it's I, I swear to God, the last resort I was in in Jamaica, I believe that they had speakers in the trees making insect noises. That's how fake it was. <laughs> I really think it was just the it was just kind of like being on a movie set of Paradise. Is that when we all went? Yeah, I, I feel like a, a couple times we went, but at night I would tune in the radio to Kingston. The uh-huh. capital, yeah, and people are burning each other with tires, and I mean, it's like <laughs> I'm sitting out in this paradise thing, and I was so frightened from the airport to the resort and then back again. Oh, in that van, yeah, that because was... if I was if I was a revolutionary, what would I do? I would step out in the middle of the road with a, with a machine gun and take a busload of. Uh, Tourist hostage. That's what I would do. Uh, the buses were going like 104 miles an hour scary. on these little two-way streets because they knew we got to get we got to get these people to the resort. And they drove on the British side of the road, so it was that was also scary. No resorts in Kingston. Let me tell you, there's like no. stuff going down. At least when we were there, Ocho Rios. Baby. I got so scared. I got so scared one night that because I had tuned into this Kingston radio. And I knew, heard all this stuff that was going on, that as I was laying on my bed, looking out into this paradise kind of picture, I was thinking of an escape plan for my wife and I, if necessary. And I remembered where the jet skis were. I thought, hey, if we can get down there, we can get on the jet skis. James Bond style. <laughs> yes. He's just taking it to like a British Virgin Isle. Yeah, Never this, next. Yeah, well, Steve and Larry got kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. This what? is Yeah. This, they went looking for uh, some hokey pokey. And right. They, get, uh, they, got, they got kidnapped. They got some hokey. But not poking. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, so I get, I, I, I was, I had my my escape plans ready, and since then, I have learned my lesson. I do not leave the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Toronto, which is America light. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you something. This country is so big, and there's no way in my lifetime I'm going to be able to see it all. And we have every kind of sort of climate and environment and horticulture and right. all of this that I you know the United States of America good enough for me I've never even done Route 66 yet so there's no reason for me if I want to see the uh, Colosseum in Rome I will watch the history channel <laughs> <laughs> you can go to Epcot at Disney they got all different worlds right. yeah, different yeah. lands yeah there. I don't yeah. go there just because I don't like yeah, crowds you see the pyramids go to Las Vegas Disney is the I always thought of this as my kids were growing up but that's the job that my wife does 
My all my both my kids have been to Disney several times in their lives. Never with me. You've never gone. <laughs> nope. No, I don't want to go to. I don't just just uh, just nothing about it. That, the well, hey, go man on radio. Go stand in line. <laughs> hey, that's fun. No, go you buy the line. you buy the VIP pass, which you can bypass the uh, peons. Yeah, VIP, which means nothing anymore. Can I tell you something very important, person? <laughs> VIP that used to have a meaning. Do you know what VIP? You could not <laughs> at the point that you can buy. <laughs> At the point VIP used to mean something. In this that's right. But the point that you can buy VIP access. Right. The first thing you know is that's not VIP access. There's still another room. Mm-hmm. VIP back when I was growing up. Now I'll put it in, in my terms first, and then modern terms. VIP was invented so that if whatever you were doing. If by chance Johnny Carson showed up in the 70s, oh, he didn't have to sit with the little people. You had another place for the... Uh, today, let me just say, if Beyonce and Jay-Z happen to show up at something that you're doing, there's a room where they won't be accosted <laughs> by fans. That's VIP. The Anybody who spends a dime on something that's labeled VIP access, go ahead and waste your money. But here's the one thing you need to know. There's another room. For real VIPs, because VIPs never have to pay for access to the VIP room. This is something you need to understand. So they've watered that down. Just yet another thing that has nothing to do with this ice shelf. (laughs) (laughs) I think, and I could be wrong on this. I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again, and I don't give a damn. But there's two different types of ice that breaks away. On one of them, when it melts, it actually slides off land and goes into the water. That's in Antarctica. And that will actually raise sea levels. If the ice is already there, it's much like ice cubes in a glass of water. As the ice melts, it doesn't go over the top of the cup because it's already the, the distribution is already the volume. doesn't increase the volume, right? The thing is, no one is saying that this isn't happening. No one's saying that things aren't getting a little bit warmer. That's not the question. The question is, is it being caused by man-made activities? And that's a real question. Nobody wants to, nobody in research and development or in the government wants to acknowledge the fact that this is a real question that has not been resolved properly. It's not a question of whether it's happening. It's a question of whether we're causing it to happen. And now the argument that a bait has been so polluted, no pun intended, so polluted that no one knows where to grab on, what's real, what's not real. None of us are scientists. I believe the Von Hessler Doctrine flushed the whole thing down the drain and start over. Okay, you're going to be person number one who's going to try to convince me that it's man-made activities that is causing this rise in temperature. Go. Make your argument. A a little bit of this, a little bit of that. What? Can't it be that it, it that there are some man-made activities that might be causing it, but then there's also well, I don't know, I don't know, but it, but the, the thing is, I don't want to change my economy and all my lifestyle if what we're doing doesn't really matter. If if uh, if we go through a period of time where a bunch of volcanoes blow and push a bunch of stuff into the atmosphere, and it's uh, a great number higher than what we would ever do, then I don't want to change. 
what I do unless we have to change what we do. That would cool the earth because there'd be so much smoke and soot in the atmosphere that it would block sunlight, so the temperatures would go down. Well, I remember in the 70s, they used to talk about a mini ice age that was coming. Right. And then it turned into uh, the, the hole in the ozone, and that healed back up, and then now it's this. But the question is whether or not we're causing it, and I don't think that we know if we're causing it. By the way, another thing, the Von Hessler Doctrine, everything is natural. We're natural. People, the things that we do on the planet Earth, we're natural. We're not, we didn't come from outside the atmosphere, get injected into the Earth. So we are part of nature with our brains that make us build, that make us go and make us do. It annoys me that when the beaver builds a dam, oh, that's nature. But when man builds Hoover Dam, they say that's not natural. <laughs> man is natural. And you know what? Both are doing it for the same reason, right? Survival. Yeah. Both are doing it for the same reason. There's no, this is one thing that uh, people disagree with me, and they can continue to disagree with me. But I'll tell you something. There's no such thing as synthetic. Everything is natural. We, we don't go outside of the universe to pluck things and bring them back inside the universe. And man's brain is organic and it's natural. And it produces abstract thought, which produces uh, putting nylon. different chemicals. Yeah, nylon, different things together. It's all natural. Polyester. Every, well, that's not good natural. I didn't say it's all good. <laughs> I mean, you should see pictures of me at a wedding in 1974, <laughs> surrounded by petroleum product. Uh, just, I'm bathing in, in uh, polyester. It's not natural to eat petroleum products, but the petroleum in the products you're eating is yeah, natural. Yeah, anything that man conceives, and woman, anything that human beings conceive is natural. Just because we, we have opposable thumbs... And the other animals don't, so they don't think about getting beakers and uh, combining different elements together in a lab. It doesn't make us any less natural at what we do. We are of this earth. We're part of it. We're part of the whole system. And all I'm saying is when it comes to the whole climate change, whether we're causing it or not, it's not for me to prove that we're not. You can't prove a negative. If you say we are... It's all on you. 100% the onus is on you. Science is there. To prove that it is man-made. Science is there. Is it? There. It's, it's all, it's all, it's all, don't question it. Some countries now, if you question it, you should be, uh, you could be arrested. I know. That's the dangerous area that we're going in. Yeah. And no one's going to be here in 120 years to be able to go, oops, sorry. Yeah. Or, also, what is, isn't, uh, haven't over, over the history of mankind, a little bit of a warmer climate has actually been a good thing for oh, yeah, for no. most things. Hey, so you know your beachfront property over the next hundred years creeps in on you, and you got to move back a little bit. Is the idea that we're going to have tidal waves rolling over New York City? Yeah. I think is just yeah. absurd. I mean, it does kind of feel like those doomsday religious people, but yes. the opposite, right? Like if if you're an atheist, then you you, you God is your environment is the environment. Yeah, yeah, that's you're a, right. That's it's a great point. Thing. That's a great point. There have always been people in every age saying the end of the world is coming. It's just that we're now a more secular society, so it's not because God's going to smite us down. It's because Mother Nature right. is going to smite us. Who, by the way, is a God. And can I say, I love saying the word smite. It just doesn't... <laughs> 
Is it uh, smudge? Did I say it right? No, you said it right. Okay, I thought so. It doesn't get used Smote enough. is another biblical, the smote in your eye thing, mm-hmm. um, I believe. So People forget, go. too, that there is a positive to ice melting in the polar caps, too, and that is that it creates the most fertile feeding ground for uh, marine life in yeah. the world. Yeah. And with more fresh water mixing in, well, mixing in with the, the salt water. Jared, I saw a video where a polar bear looks <sighs> sad. <laughs> He's losing his habitat, man. Yeah. You know what? And also, so here's another thing. We shouldn't go after him and kill him for this, but polar bears are some of the nastiest beasts on what? Earth. And let me tell you something. If you're they drink a, Coca-Cola. If you're a seal. <laughs> they love Christmas. Yeah. They oh, love that's Christmas. True. That's true. I got to give you that. If you're a seal, you hate polar bears. <laughs> all they do is just eat you. Oh, you ever see a polar bear with all that blood on its snout? Right. That's the polar bear. Seals are out, like, starting people's cars and just letting them run. <laughs> die, polar bears, die. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's all an ecosystem. And all I'm saying is that yeah. we, man is not an unnatural part of the ecosystem. Mankind and women are all part of the ecosystem. Men and who? Who was that? Mennonites is where oh. we started with, the Amish-type people. Yar. What's the difference between Amish and Mennonites? Uh, Mennonites um, live more of a modern life. They, they dress, use buttons. They, they, they dress plainly, but they, they also use modern conveniences. I think that the people at this Amish market might be Mennonites. Do they have bread? Because Mennonites always have good bread. This is what I love. Oh, they have wonderful baked goods there. Oh, yeah. And but the, the thing is, like, it's touted as this Amish market and that, you know, there's a lot of produce there. But when you ask them where a lot of it came from, it's all coming, most of it is coming from grocery store suppliers. You have to, it's like, if you want a bunch of apples, they all have stickers on them. Yeah. You no know, Amish people are pulling things off their trees and putting stickers on them. You know, so you're paying yeah. 50 cents more for an apple, but you think you're getting it from this like quaint farm. Well, that's land. a weird thing because I think that's probably a state rule. Probably. Apples are weird. Fruit well, no, they're not. So, like, if you ask them what came from a local farm, they'll show you these tiny apples that uh-huh. don't have stickers on them. Right. And on the signs above all the produce, it, it says fresh something. And then if it, if it says fresh something, then you know that it came from an actual Amish farm. If it doesn't, then it's all. And most of it is from, it does not say fresh. No, but the other no one's. No one's growing bananas in their field <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Because that, that little sticker says it's been uh, it's been inspected, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's coming from it doesn't know, have the, Cisco the, or something. The, the, the diseases that the other. Well, let's, let's, let's loop around to different people because I don't want to run out of time here. Uh, English Nick, do you have a, uh, a story? I that, do, uh, yeah. The, uh, the big story. That I could ignore the, and go <laughs> off on some weird rant that has nothing to do with it? The guy that turned the Hollywood sign into Hollywood. Hollyweed turned himself into the uh, Los Angeles Police Department. What a joker. Hollyweed. Yeah. Didn't somebody do that back in the 60s or 70s? This yeah. is the second yeah, time. That's where he got his idea from. He's called, his his artist name is uh, Jesus Hands. Oh, sounds great. Uh, awesome. real, real name, Zach Fernandez. Him and his wife did it. can he hold it. on to anything? Him and his wife did <laughs> He can hold on. He just can't. He just can't cup water. He, okay, good. He said he jumped the fence. It cost him about cost him about forty bucks. The tarp he used to cover up the uh, to make the O's into yeah. E's, basically. You know, I used to uh, I used to walk, not jog, because I've never had a jogging. I've never had a sustained jogging part of my life. But when I lived out there and I lived in Glendale, I used to walk every you know, almost every morning. I really enjoyed walking. Griffith Park. And so part of my walk, I would come around the corner and there was the Hollywood sign. I can't for the life of me figure out how is someone able to do something without being caught in real time 
At night. At, well, I know it's at night, but I mean, there's, the sign is lit up. They don't turn it off. Okay, five o'clock, go home. People out there probably aren't even looking at it anymore. It just seems to me it would take a little bit of time. Those letters are pretty huge. Yeah. It would take a little time to get this done. You think, so, hey, there's something going on up there. It, it goes with like the uh, uh, when you see graffiti on a bridge mm-hmm. that's like in places that are very difficult to get to. Yeah, like someone had someone yeah. had to. Um, uh, what is that called? Like scale it yeah. Yeah. Like going down a building. How are people not seen? It, yeah. I, I know it's three o'clock in the morning, but nobody drives by while somebody is spray painting, dangling from a bridge. <laughs> Jesus nobody hands, sees these people. Jesus hands said it took him three hours to do this. Nobody notices and something's going hours. on up there. There's, nobody notices what's going on up there. Anyway, why did he turn himself in? Oh, uh, they were looking I, for him, and it, was, and it probably will help the sales of his publicity, art. Right? Yeah, yeah, publicity, right? Yeah, exactly. He was smart. He did it. Early on New Year's Day, so most of LA sleeping. was probably out, or they had been out partying the night before, yep. and then they were sleeping during the day. I like it. The only takes of one it. person to look up and go, "There's something going on up there." <laughs> Maybe they think it's construction or something. I, I guess yeah, maintenance. He's got two jars of weed in his hand in yeah. the uh, press picture. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't see that one. I mean, maybe somebody thought, "Oh, they're doing, they're making a movie or something." Yeah, yeah that's true. There's that too. They could be making a movie called Hollyweed. <laughs> it's well, I mean, it's fitting. I lived yeah. out there. It's fitting. Is it legal there yet? Yes, is it legal it's now? Le- it's legal. Oh, legal so that's why I did it. Starting commercial this, use. Starting at this this year because it's been legal medicinally for years. Since the 90s. And that was the biggest scam on earth. I, I know so many people who still live out there. And all you do, you literally, you would walk into one of these clinics you and there would be, yeah, no, there would be like a list, a menu, and you decide, you know, they would suggest to you things that you would want to tell the doctor before you walked in there. And it's the easiest thing in the world to get like the little me- medical marijuana thing prescription and then you could get it for forever things that'll never happen in georgia but here's but here's the thing for all that you have to realize that somebody was turned down who's that guy who's the guy who walked into the marijuana <laughs> clinic in los angeles in 2002 and they said nah you you, uh, you don't need it you, you should be getting <laughs> <laughs> the, the person that walks out. in and says i don't have any of these issues i just want weed yeah maybe our I've got the too many of these person. issues. But it turned into like migraines and things like that. I don't know that marijuana has any help on migraines. The, uh, the Jesus Hands guy said he's gotten gifts of marijuana from fans since this happened. You see? So you wonder why he's come forward. And he said it was worth it for the adrenaline rush and personal growth. And right now personal he's probably... Personal growth? <laughs> well, he grew as a person. How, how to hang a tarp. Yeah. <laughs> what did he do? He grew as a person. All right, uh, let's go to Autumn Fisher. You have a story that we didn't get to? Tim yeah, is, I know Tim you guys... gets angry because he's the only person that doesn't present stories, but there's a reason for this. I don't get angry. Okay, I mean, you're looking at me. I'm not oh. looking at you because of that. All I'm right. just looking around. All right. <laughs> he said one of those buttons might be a bit dodgy. That's what <laughs> all, right. all right, buttons, Andrews. <laughs> well, I know you guys have Button all been... Boy. You're all on tender hooks to find out what why... Kendall Jenner has a pink wall in her house. Yeah. Kendall Jenner. Is it Kendall or Kylie? Is it Kendall? No, but there's two. There's Kylie and Kendall. Oh, they're the ones that, uh, they're the authors. They put out that science fiction book together. (laughs) I got to get another. Jared, you have to do this. Kendall Jenner and Kylie Jenner put out, uh, they, they wrote a science fiction novel. Supposedly they wrote it. It's out there. My assumption is there is an audio book version of it that at least for the first few chapters, they read. Can you do me a favor as my producer awesome. and go out there and see if that exists yeah, in absolutely. the wild? All right. So Kendall Jenner is not the Kylie Jenner. Now, I don't want to be misogynist here, um, but we live in a different world, and <laughs> it's easy to be called misogynist 
I think Kylie's the one that I think of as being the really, really, really sexy one. But they're no. probably both really good looking. No. No? Kylie is the one that has those stupid lips. Yeah, well. What you, that looks like a blow-up doll. So if what you're into you that. Call, what you call stupid, I may call sexy. Exactly. Which one is um, the Victoria's Secret model? That's Kendall. That's this one with the pink okay. ball. Okay. All right. Go ahead. She posted in her special app that she has, so I'm going to be downloading that later. Oh, I got things to say on that in a minute. Go ahead. Uh, titled, The Story Behind My Pink Wall. <laughs> and everyone was very excited. There's actually a funny story behind the color of my living room. <laughs> That's how she's like, this, this cannot be a, there's no way that this is a funny story. Oh, it's hilarious. Um, my friends were telling me there's a pink room at this exhibit, and mm. it had the explanation of the color choice. Baker Miller pink is the only color scientifically proven to calm you and suppress your appetite. I was like, I need this color in my house. <laughs> so this woman is so vain that she paints her house different colors so that she won't gain weight. My wall is pink and my floors are green because green makes you be able to stay grounded. <laughs> so, uh, have we looked into the scientific backing of this? Is this true? It's a this- true. It's a real thing that there is scientific evidence that it like lowers your blood. Oh no, your heart rate, pulse, and respiration. So it calms people well, down. And makes I don't know. You not I'm not if I'm buying that in science. <laughs> I don't know that I'm buying that science that the color makes you not want to Listen, eat. it's from the 60s and it's from a guy that sounds like a Nazi. So it's Probably, Probably true. true. What's his name? <laughs> Alexander Schaus. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Into the pink room. <laughs> Calm down, <laughs> Juden. Jules <laughs> <laughs> is a pink room. Uh, so you, this is this app. Okay, this is the same girl. There was a story a couple weeks ago where so this app costs two ninety nine a month. A month. Not two ninety nine one time. You have to pay two ninety nine a month. <laughs> To have this Kendall Jenner app. And a couple weeks ago, or last week, there was a story where she pulled down this blog because it turned out not to be true or not represent her properly. And she blamed her writers. So here's the thing. You got a couple of levels here. First of all, who in the world would pay $2.99 a month to read the thoughts of this idiot. I would. 14-year-old girls and dirty old men. There's pictures. Lots of pictures. So there's an audience. But then you you pay two ninety nine a month, which is a lot for an app. Like paying two bucks for an app for one time is a big deal, right? Yeah. So you pay two ninety nine a month, and obviously you think you're getting some sort of access to this celebrity, he said, with... Yeah, doing that thing with my fingers. Uh, the celebrity. And then it's okay with everybody that she doesn't write her own blogs. So I'm paying two ninety nine a month <laughs> to get the thoughts of this person, and she doesn't write her own blogs. She had to apologize. I can't remember. Can you, somebody looked the story up. It was just last week. I, I don't know. Uh, there was uh, something that did not represent her properly, and she apologized. She probably didn't even read the posts. Well, it must have come to her attention. Like right. Somebody said, that's funny that that happened to you. And she's like, that never happened uh-huh. to me. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so now you've got these people, not only do they pay two ninety nine a month, it would be ridiculous if she did write her own blog to pay that kind of money, but they're all right knowing that she has a battery of writers who come up with her blog. 
from her point of she view. She maybe has a little bit of input, right? I mean, I would themes, imagine. You'd think topics. Obviously, stuff gets out there. She doesn't even she doesn't even proofread it. Nah. <laughs> Nobody's able to find the story. Maybe I dreamt it. <laughs> But Jared's looking it up. It's a possibility. It's a really nice color pink, honestly. I did, I'm not talking about that story. I did find the sci-fi book. It's called Rebels City of City of Indra, the story of Lex and Livia. And when it came out in 2014, it only sold 13,000 copies. I find that. So they hard. need they need your help. <laughs> They're buying it. Oh, here it is. As okay. a subscriber to her app, I have to say it's a real nice color of pink. Oh, you like that color pink? Oh, huh? yeah. Calms you down. Calms. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps makes, me grounded. Makes you eat less. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, did you find the story? Yeah. So Kylie Jenner denies posting quote very personal details about lingerie and toys, sex life with Tyga, and quits working on her paid app. I think. That's, oh, yeah. That's the story, right? Yeah. Tyga. So, okay. So yeah. So what? So she basically apologized and said that wasn't true. And there's that, a picture of her. Uh, Topless with Tyga on the uh, on the blog post here. You say it's been deleted. Yeah. Uh, here, here you go, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like that. It's very calm. But it wasn't like she's saying she got hacked. It was just like, I didn't approve this story on on the blog you're paying for that you think I Wait, right. That's Kylie Jenner. Okay, that's Kylie. Right. Yes. That's why I got the two confused. You guys get your Kardashians. I'm happy to say that I have no idea. On the way in, I was listening to WSB radio, and they were talking about the the jewel heist with Kim Kardashian in Paris. And they said, was her brother or somebody? Is they saying it's an inside job? Hello, hello. Didn't talk- I say yep, that? Yep, you did yep. say yep. that. Okay. You did say that. But when they said the brother, she only has one brother, right? That weirdo? Rob. Rob, what? Uh, Rob Jenner. Oh, no, yeah, Rob Kardashian. Kardashian yeah. <laughs> okay, now if this is true, I don't want to talk about the Kardashians very long. <laughs> if this is true. <laughs> Too late. How would you ever think that you would get away with that? Never. Hey, we're, we're, we're in the public eye. Everything that we do. Right. No one will it's ever. on television. We'll set this up. No one will ever know. Are you able to find that story? Not at the moment. I heard here. it on WSB radio. Something like that. I can't stand the Kardashians, but I think we all need to get we need to get life size pictures in here so we know who is who because it is confusing. Yes. Kardashians, we like a family tree. Kylie, Kendall, it's all. Ugh. I find them all on. I, like I find them interesting to talk about like this mm-hmm. and tear apart and deconstruct as a cultural phenomenon. But I have never once thought, man, I want to watch that show. Me too. Me so too. they arrested seventeen people yesterday, and they're aged between twenty three and seventy two. But it doesn't give any <laughs> information about it. He's yeah. like, the French, like you know. Yeah, this is from the L.A. It, Times. It, right but I want to know. Look up Rob Kardashian. It's not Rob. It's that. It's that um, they've arrested two brothers who work in the diamond. Oh, okay, all right, I got you. All right, so uh, my apologies to the clan. <laughs> this is seven? how things get started. Uh, Fake news. True. All right, Jared, you got to give me another story. Here. Yeah, I think you've got this over here with that story over here. Uh, people who do you live near a large road, uh, Eric? By any chance? <laughs> do I live on a large road? Near a large this road. Is like a very personal <laughs> question. Um, how big is your road, Eric? Yeah, yeah, because, because some things uh, a lady keeps to herself. Oh, I have okay. to say, you got to ask his wife. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, well, yeah, so the no, people I, that live near uh, major roads have higher rates of dementia. I saw this uh, this package on Sky News actually. So uh, who's package? On Sky News. Well, you know, hey, it wasn't mine. <laughs> do you still have your package? I do. You want to unwrap it? Maybe it's a next cr- now. Next Christmas. Stop it! Stop it! That's not nice. That's not true, though. Caitlin still has the mail junk, right? I do. Okay. Yeah, Are go you on sure? Away. 
Positive. I think we would know. Don't okay. say that word. <laughs> I'm not sure if we Doesn't would. Caitlin have a form of dementia because she's forgotten who Bruce was? I <laughs> live near a big road. <laughs> so what is, the, what is the science behind this? If you live near a large... High, I moved so much in my life that I don't think I could be affected by one road, but... So the researchers who followed nearly 2 million people in Canada over 11 years say air pollution or noisy traffic could be contributing to the brain's decline. Eh, could be. Eh, when you read these things, could. The word could is so powerful. You say it, doesn't, it doesn't make it into the headline. Mm. It doesn't, you know, but if you read the body of mm. these stories, there's always would and could and might and may. <laughs> these are really, really important words when it comes to science. Those that were within 50 meters had a 7% higher chance. Those that were within 50 what? to 100 meters of a major highway were 4% higher. And then those that were further than that. We're only 2%. Okay, lighter. so what is a major road? So when you live right on a highway, I tell you, it's a, I have lived right on highways before. I live by 285, yeah. Oh, it's tough. But your brain's funny because the, I mean, the one place I, I lived was right on a major highway years ago. And the first night I slept there, I thought, I can't live in this house because I couldn't sleep all night long because it was just too loud. And they had barriers, but I was up on the second floor. Oh, yeah. So the barrier didn't help me. The sound came right up over the barrier and up into my... But your brain, the body is amazing, the way it can adapt to circumstances. Mm-hmm. And by the third night, I didn't hear it at all. Mm-hmm. It was fine. So uh, I feel like I have dementia, but I don't know that I would blame it. <laughs> but here's what you breathe in on a daily basis. Exhaust, dust, yeah. uh, brake dust, tire dust. That's yeah. the stuff that's constantly going into your uh, Yeah, brain. but you know what? I mean, the lifespan of the... Pers- people's lifespans just get longer and longer, though. We, get, we live long enough now to worry about the things that are killing us. True. When people died at 38, 42, they really didn't think about I it. I live just- near a, a very dusty <laughs> turnpike. <laughs> if you I- live near a very large bush, <laughs> I hear you might die a bit sooner. All I, all, you always hear about how the environment is becoming more and more destructive, and at the same time, People are living longer. I mean, what's the average age of death now? It's in the high 70s, isn't mm-hmm. it? That's amazing. People used to die. Like, wise old men were like 40 years old. Man, if you made it a thousand years ago to your 60s, you were the wisest of the wise. You were the oldest man in the world. Why? Because you know, uh, there weren't mom, newspapers. There weren't, my, you know, you, you had stories to tell people about how things were. Go ahead. She died yeah. an old maid at 28. Yes. <laughs> so my mom listens to these old time radio shows on her serious channel. I love those, actually. Yeah. And so she talks about, like, the old miserly woman who never married. You know, she's yeah. 50. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's she's 50 like the and- oldest woman. Yeah, uh, so uh, these are two things, two trends that uh, the Von Hessler Doctrine cannot abide. It doesn't make sense. That was in Canada. Things are getting more and more dangerous and that... Well, America's dirtier than Canada. Not not for any reason other than the fact well, that my question it's is, freezing cold up there all the how time. Many, how many of those Canadians in that study ate bad moose meat? <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Like, it's like mad cow. I mean, there's, there's yeah, probably there some connection so there. Many, there are so many variables yeah. that you just don't... It's like when uh, they got rid of smoking in bars. I think when I was out in L.A., and they said one of the main reasons was the secondhand smoke, which is very little science on anyway, but that the secondhand smoke was a dangerous cancer-causing uh, agent for, say, a waitress who had to go. So you're just there in the bar for an hour or something, but the waitress has an eight-hour shift five days a week, and the secondhand smoke is bad for them. And it's like, eh, maybe, 
But maybe somebody who's 33 and is a waitress has other things going on in their lives that are not all that healthy as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not well, saying, you know. There was a time when secondhand smoke was just the number one concern for Yeah, what happened to, to that? About. Like it was, you, you know, uh, smoking cigarettes, I mean, that's bad. But secondhand smoke, yeah. that's like a guy smokes a cigarette near you, you've smoked three cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because his end is filtered and your end isn't. And then there's the third-hand smoke. Do you know what third-hand smoke is? <laughs> I don't, is there it is. sexual? Tell them. No, it's when someone <laughs> smokes and the, the, the smell and the whatever is left on their clothing, and you have to smell that. Oh, come on. Let me tell you, that's or disgusting. Or like left in curtains though. and stuff like that. That is disgusting, though. When I had it is, but it's fake. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not, it's not harmful. It's not harmful, and I've never been a, a smoker. I smoked for about a year and a half between... The age of 16 and 18. When you were super cool. I hated it every single time, but I thought I looked so cool with a cigarette in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally one day I was like, I'm tired of feeling like crap. So I, I've i never, cigarettes just turned my stomach. I, just not, I have nothing against them, but they just made me sick from day one, and I never had a problem with them. But when I was younger, obviously your late teens, early 20s, you have roommates. And I had roommates who smoked. And when I would like go like go to their closet to get something, it, oh, it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it reeks. It reeks. It doesn't cause cancer, but it's disgusting. <laughs> cause vomiting. Tim Andrews here with his. He, he will not stop smoking. You know, Tim Andrews. You don't want me to quit. I was going to quit on January. No, first. I don't, don't want. No, I don't want you to quit when we first start the radio right. show. That's not a good idea. So get, I don't get care. ready for it. It's coming. Take, Do you oh, know boy. what it's called when um, you're out at a smoky bar and you get drunk and you wake up hungover the next morning and your hair smells like cigarettes? What? It's called Bowling Alley Wig. <laughs> bowling Alley Wig? Bowling Alleys used to be the smokiest places on Earth. Yeah. No, and you go in one now and there's no smoking anywhere. It feels weird to me. Well, in the 70s, let me tell you, man. Yeah. People smoked. My parents smoked in the house. We, they smoked in the car with the windows up. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, if there was, if secondhand smoke was going to cause cancer, I don't know how I didn't get it or my little brother didn't get it because we lived in a wreath of smoke mm-hmm. yep. for the first, I don't know, 13, 14 years of our lives. You'd walk into a house from outside, and whenever the sun was shining, you could see <laughs> that yes. smoke just filled, yeah. just billowing around the room. You know, you're on a there. set. Yeah. It was a smoke machine or something. It didn't yeah. move. It would just yeah. float the in the air. Particles. Just yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. yeah if, you, if you had white wallpaper anywhere in the house and people smoke, that will get a yellow tan uh-huh. after a while. That's why, you know, I, I really feel like um, on the on the right, uh, stuff like abortion, right? You know, I, I don't know that you're ever legally going to be able to get what you want out of that. But pe- people don't smoke anymore. People, for, It was all done with public service announcements. Right. It was all done with scaring people. Like, this is what happens when you smoke. This is what your lungs, here's the lung of a healthy person, non-smoker. Here's the lung of a smoker. Um I've, and and people do not smoke nearly as much. I mean, when I was a kid, everyone who was an adult smoked. That's what it seemed like. It seemed right. like the whole world smoked cigarettes. And in this country, anyway, very few people actually are chain smokers anymore the way that they used to be. And that was all done with PSAs. And I feel like, I know it's a weird combination uh, of of topics, but I feel like if people on the right who want less and less abortion, they'd be better off to look at what happened with the smoking and go more with the public service announcements and and know this. TV stations wouldn't carry them, but go ahead. Sure they would. Mm. Sure they would. They have in the past. No, if they were tasteful, they can't be, you know, they can't show but the solution, fetuses. The solution to 
trying to prevent abortions is to market um, uh, the morning after pill and and make and helping that make make that more. I, but they're not that's into still that. an abortion. But see, that's that, that's still it's an not abortion. An abor- nope, it is not. Well, abortion. whatever. It's abortion. It's not. It is not. It is abortion like. No, it's no, it is not. Well, why? Because you're saying they haven't come. The spark hasn't happened yet. Nothing's been created yet. Nothing's been created yet. There's it's, no. All right. it does is stop an egg from being. But released. you don't but want. People, but people link it to RU486, which is it. an abortion. I thing. get it. But my point is different from that. Uh, my point is the best way to avoid an abortion is to uh, keep your. <laughs> Keep your pants on. Is that what you're saying? You're shaming women. Keep your legs together. Oh, uh, so, Rush Limbaugh. What was, there. That, what was that old joke about the the '70s about the pill? If you take the pill and put it between your knees, yes, and keep it there, you'll never get pregnant. But that's, <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> uh, so, so look, I, I'm just I'm just being I'm saying if you want something to be less, then I would go and look at what happened with cigarettes because when I was a kid, everybody mm-hmm. had cigarettes. And now people don't. They don't even start. So many kids don't start when they used to. Jared, were you ever a smoker? No, I was never a smoker. Yeah, you know, I don't think you can handle it. I think your PSAs would have to be um, more around um, how great life is. Yeah. How great it is to be a parent. How great it is to share mm-hmm. your experiences, your life experience. That's how great it is to do. raise a child. <laughs> You're talking to a woman who's extremely pregnant. <laughs> right. Not I'm in a the fan. Trenches. Not I'm a in the fan. Trenches of, right now. <laughs> not a fan of motherhood. But then again, uh, you talk about it at all, and you got somebody who will put the fist right down on you. How dare you talk about women's issues? You're a man. Yeah. Right. Well, that's you gotta. You guys just don't understand. That's just a phase. The world. <laughs> It's going. This is the phase the country's going through. It'll get past it. First I mean, of all, you're men, and then you're white men. Yeah. So you've got yeah. lots to work against. Yeah. So just shut Check up. your privilege. Yeah, we have yeah. nothing to do with the procreation process at this point. No, yeah. and I'm, I wish that you didn't. So. <laughs> I'm just going to go out and get a turkey baster next time. It's all you need. It's all you need. You still need some substance, but I don't want to get gross. I did read a story where some British scientists had made baby rats without a mother rat. They had somehow, you know, incubated this baby and okay. Oh, like like Yeah. So mothers make mothers are gonna be the actually. first one to go. We're just not gonna need each other anymore. <laughs> you know, this a you know you know my theory about uh uh the beginning of uh <laughs> it's not a real theory, but it's it's the, my doctrinaire theory of the uh beginning of homosexuality in the West. Hmm. Um I believe that in the Greek Senate you know, because these guys used to get together. And sure. They're, they're togas. And they would, Just they friends. Would, they, yeah, well, they would talk about the big issues, you know? Right. And then they would go home and their wives would nag them to no end. Over right. them, make them talk about just the dumbest things, right? So but in my mind, at one point, a couple of, <laughs> couple of guys in the Greek Senate are sitting around. Let's stay overnight. And it says, uh, one guy goes to the other and says, you know what? If we could stomach having sex with each other, we'd never have to talk to them. Let's take a bath. And then it all... <laughs> <laughs> and then it all starts. Yes. I've never looked at your toga this way before. Mm. Mm. And hey, now it's guys, all the chemicals to, in the food. I need to head out. Oh, yeah. yeah she's got to go. Sorry. She's got one baby inside of her and another baby at a daycare center. She has to, say, <laughs> she's, on the she, has, she has to go get three people gathered together. <laughs> two bodies. That's so true. That, I need a snack for my snel- myself, a snack for Ellie, and I yes. have to make sure that i got to pee before I go. And then- oh, oh, so a lot to go on. How much time do we have left? We're, it's supposed to be an hour. We're there. We're at an hour? Yeah. Well, then, light it up, my friend. That was this episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you on the next episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. But until then, get off my lawn. <laughs>